being cautious is good, but being cautious and not doing anything about the problem yeah. or, or learning is really, it's just dumb. Like yeah. that's, it's counterproductive because sometimes ignorance is bliss and fool you well, once, shame on them, right? Yeah. But fool you twice, that's your problem. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. All right, things go wrong in real estate. Do you agree? I agree. And it can be really stressful thinking about the things that may go wrong while you're working on a deal that's supposed to be all rainbows and butterflies, right? Rainbows and butterflies. And lollipops and sunshine. (laughs) Yes. So today... I think it's important. And we've talked a bit about some of the stuff that can go wrong. And we've talked happiness. We've talked doom and gloom. But we haven't really given you some of the ways that you can get ahead of that stuff before it happens and avoid potential disaster by doing some pretty simple things and some pretty common sense things that'll just overall make you less stressed. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this episode is for both new agents who are coming out not knowing the first step a lot of times in a transaction or in a situation, um, but also for agents that have been in the business for a while. Like I think all of you know that when you've been burned once, um, you get your back up quite a bit in a transaction and uh, you're worried more so what's going to happen next. And so these are things that can help you not think that way all the time. Because I find when you go down that path of thinking that way, it can be really dangerous and you're just kind of always super cautious and not feeling as confident with your clients and with the transaction itself. Yeah, well, and that's, uh, we talk a lot about using the bad stuff to learn and, and the stuff that might sound cliche to people of, you know, learning from your mistakes and finding the positive and the negative. But what you're saying is speaking to the choice people make when something bad happens to either use it or make it use them and really turn them into a worse version of themselves going forward. Because mm-hmm. now being cautious is good, but being cautious and not doing anything about the problem yeah. or, or learning is really, it's just dumb. Like that's, yeah. it's counterproductive because sometimes ignorance is bliss and fool you well, once, shame on them, right? Yeah. But fool you twice, that's your problem. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we get caught in these situations where we 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 know what happened before. Like, let's say you were at a home inspection and the cooperating agent, or you were in a conditional period with home inspection, cooperating agent calls you and says, like, we've got an issue. So now every time somebody calls you with that, like you, you automatically think, oh, it's going to be something bad whenever, mm-hmm. you know, you're on that side. So I think it's really important to try to go into each transaction with a positive outlook and not thinking everything is going to fall apart around you, um, but also be equipped with a lot of stuff that you can get ahead of um, in order to make that process as smooth as possible. Right. So the, so the theme of this episode is 
what can you do to get ahead of these things? And how can you not get screwed? How can you not get screwed in real estate? And there's a lot of different scenarios. I mean, we should touch on a few of the things we've seen because this is where a lot of our lessons come from is from F-ups we've run into or Mm -hmm. situations that have gone south or been at risk of going south. Um, But to me at least, and I know we've both kind of taken this away and thought things through, Almost everything, I don't know about you, but almost everything that I would have if they were listed out as little nuggets of advice do in some way or another fall under the same theme, Mm. which I'm not going to start saying the theme now because that'll ruin the whole episode and no one will listen to anymore. (laughs) But I do find that there's a bit of a pattern in how you can get ahead of this stuff. And it's not just like, spoiler alert, it's not just learn from your mistakes because the message here isn't you have to screw up to avoid screwing up in the future, but it is understand that screwing up happens and that there are ways to mitigate that. Sometimes not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things happen that no one's ever seen or heard of before or things get tough and you've got to deal with them head on, which is fine. And we've talked about that in other episodes too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. But this is all about how can we reduce the likelihood of those things happening. Yeah. All right. So you want to go first? I can, if you'd like. You go. You go. How specific are we getting? I don't care. You just go. Okay. You say whatever comes off the top of your head. Whatever comes off the top of my head. Okay. Well, let's get specific here. I think one of the most important things that you're being depended on is to understand the nature of the paperwork that you're signing. Mm -hmm. What does it say? What's all that fine print that you may or may not go through word by word with your clients? Mm -hmm. Whether or not you do, you need to understand what your clients are signing, what you're having them sign, and you simply giving them a form that's approved by whatever regulatory body has put it out there, that's not you doing your job. You have to understand what exposure this is either putting your clients in or protecting them from when they put pen to paper. And I'll give you an example. Um, Let's say, and I'll I'll give a specific example, like rental items is -hmm. an example. Yeah. Um, Rental items is a section on Ontario forms, and I would suspect on forms in most real estate jurisdictions where you're going to isolate here are the things that as a buyer, I am going to assume because this is a rental contract that the seller is currently under. Um, And you list, you find out what those things are, you list them out. And by signing that document, you're saying, we agree to take these on and we understand this is what it is. While at the same time, protecting your client from hidden costs that you're not mentioning or costs that uh, you're not prepared for. You're basically saying, here's what we commit to. If you don't do your due diligence in asking that question. And on the other side of the coin, if you as a listing agent especially don't do your due diligence in making it known to anybody making an offer on the property that there are contracts or rental items they're going to assume, you're going to run into a situation where people are not happy about what they may or may not be inheriting Mm -hmm. from the seller. Um, if it's a alarm system contract, if it's a hot water tank rental, um, simply not putting it on the contract doesn't mean the contract goes away that's existing for the home. Like the rental contract is separate from your purchase of the property. And so where you might not have put it in the deal, 
um, and therefore legally your client is not responsible to pay it, it still exists Mm -hmm. and it will cause a conflict and it will raise all sorts of unnecessary hell after the fact where someone's got to deal with this contract. Hmm. That's, That's an example of both sides of a deal being very clear about the substance of the deal beyond just the price and the closing date. Like the nitty gritty, the conditions, the fine print. I don't want to get into that because you might have things about that too. Mm -hmm. But specifically, when you say something is or isn't included, whatever's there is what you're getting and entitled to and whatever's not is what you're not agreeing to. Right. So as a buyer, make sure everything you want is in there, Mm -hmm. everything you don't is not. And as a listing agent, when you receive the offer, it's not just about the price. And it's not just about the closing date and the conditions. It's about what are they including? What are they not including? And is something not here or here that's going to get you into trouble later? Mm -hmm. So that to me is just, I guess, if I'm going to summarize, it's attention to detail when it comes to your paperwork. And that's one small example of that. Yeah, yeah. And like kind of piggybacking off that, don't be scared by the reaction of the other agent or another party. Um, If like to, to ask questions. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll get the the eye roll or the why are you asking me this type thing when I ask like how much per month is the water tank? Right. Like, well, it's like it's going to be like 20 to $30. It's like, okay, well, is it? Is it really? Yeah, or it? are you going to like am I is my client going to get surprised when they move in the house and they've got a $50? Not that like, you know, I know that's not a big big number amount, but really when it comes down to it when a buyer closes on a property, every little thing that is not how they expect it becomes very much blown up. And that 20 versus $50 price tag is going to be a huge issue for them. And they're going to um, ask you, like, what can they do about it? And that kind of thing. So you th- you might not think it's a big deal, but don't be afraid to ask the questions. Don't get swayed or, or feel like, don't back down if they're like, you really don't need to know this information. Like if your client wants to know if there was any water damage before or, you know, all sorts of different questions they might ask, that that's really important. So just yeah. ask the question, keep pushing until you get the answer, because I guarantee you, you'll feel a lot better knowing the answer versus like a range or maybe or maybe not. Yeah, it, it's your job to ask questions. And it's a listing agent's job to answer them and vice versa. As a listing agent, you're able to ask questions of anybody, whether it be your client, which we can get into later. It's your job to be as informed as possible. And if there's anything you feel you don't have the information to make a sensible decision or give advice, you need to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Do you want to go? I already went. You went? Yeah. What was yours? The... Don't scared off, get scared off by asking questions. Oh, okay. I'm just more succinct with mine. Oh, well, you seg- you segued <laughs> it well from mine. I thought that was just an extension. No, I fit it right in there. Okay, well, then I'll segue yours into what I was about to get into, which is the bad feeling you get when you're mm. working with clients. <laughs> if you've got a, a an inkling or that sixth sense that something could happen, assume it will. Yeah. Never let something tug at you in any sense in a real estate transaction before, during, or after when you can address it. And again, it's with asking questions. It might just be with doing a little bit of extra sleuth work or digging or investment or whatever. 
But if something doesn't feel right, there's a reason it doesn't feel right. And that's part of you being a professional. Mm -hmm. It's it's appreciated by clients when you identify the uncomfortable things. As much as they might suck, Mm -hmm. think about it if you were a home seller or a home purchaser, wouldn't you want to know the bad news before it becomes terrible news? Right. Or the potentially bad news before it happens, especially if it's something you can address or get ahead of. And on the don't be afraid front, if that means walking away from a deal or telling your client that something's a bad idea, even though it seems like it's a slam dunk and they'll sign and you'll get your commission, that's your responsibility. And that will not only help you sleep better at night, it'll put your client in a better position and it'll mean you're doing your job. Mm -hmm. So... That's yeah. what I've got to say about that. No, and I, I definitely agree with that because anytime I've had a bad feeling and I've tried to push it down or ignore it, it always comes back to at, with a vengeance to bite me in the butt. So definitely um, keep like it's it's that intuition and you'll develop it as you become more experienced. Um, but it's so valuable. And honestly, that's what your clients are paying you for is for that piece of your experience. So definitely use that. Um, one thing that I got burned on quite a few times, well, not, yeah, a few (laughs) times, um, when I was first starting out is not getting a BRA signed Mm -hmm. right in, into the relationship. And, you know, there's still times to be honest that I don't get it signed right away or maybe closer to the, when, when a deal's being done and I do not slip it into the rest of the agreement paperwork. I will say that now. And I know there's agents out there that do that. And please don't do that. For for our American listeners, by the way, Mm -hmm. because we noticed we have a lot of people listening in the States. She's not getting a bra signed. No. A BRA is a buyer representation agreement. Exactly. Just in case that doesn't exist where you are. Yeah. And, and I mean, everybody's different, but I found when, especially when I was first, um, in this business, I would meet new buyers from an open house or from like an online lead or whatever it was. And I didn't know them personally. And those are the type of people that could very well move on without you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's okay maybe like once or twice if you've just shown them a couple properties. But when you've invested, started invested like significant amount of time and, and weeks and months into a process, and then they just go dark on you, um, that can really hurt. So try to get that paperwork signed. And the best way to do that is we'll always put together like a buyer presentation when we first work, start working with a client, a buyer client and having that paperwork as part of that presentation to show them that this is, this is the process. This is how it works. It's not like I'm trying to trick you into signing your life away. It's like when we start working together as your agent these are my responsibilities to you, and we document that so everybody is aware of what the what the understanding is. Right, and the newer or or less experienced a client or potential client is, the more they appreciate the complete mapping out of the process. Yes, and exactly. Pa- part of that process is them signing a contract with you. That yeah. should be number one or number two on the list for us. Yeah. I think it's number two. Yeah, but. It it just it feels more comfortable when it's clearly the way things go, not mm-hmm. just definitely not what a lot of people do. Where when somebody makes their first offer, you slip in the representation agreement yeah. with the offer. It's a separate thing. You're yeah. you're formalizing a relationship that may last for more than one offer. Yeah. Um, which also kind of ties into. I'm going to jump into my next one. All right, you do that. I'm on it. Which is. Don't be afraid to know the people 
that you might be engaging in business with before you formalize a relationship with them or before you even attempt to. Um, it's important to understand what the expectations are and you shouldn't feel that just because your phone rings or a quote-unquote lead comes in who says they want something, again, if something seems too good to be true, do your due diligence on them. Um, if somebody's looking for something that clearly is by definition impossible, it doesn't mean say, I can't help you, you're impossible, but it does mean you. it's incumbent on you to educate them first and see if something is going to be a viable relationship before you invest all your time in somebody or, or, or several people who might be a complete lost cause. Yeah. And, and that's part of being a professional and an entrepreneur mm-hmm. is you're obviously there for the well-being and protection of your clients and would-be clients, but you're also there to protect your own interests and time and be respectful of the work that you do. Mm-hmm. So you need to ask the tough questions of clients throughout, not just before you have an agreement with them, but as you're going and set and manage expectations as you go so that when things do start becoming deals or potential deals, it doesn't seem like a surprise. I think a lot of what we talk about is built around getting ahead of surprises. Things yeah. go wrong because they shock people. Right. Right. If something goes bad, but everybody was expecting it, in some weird way, you've actually done your job. Well, and it makes you feel a heck of a lot better if you've given them all of the options and one of those options actually happens. And right. like, you know, a great example is if you've set an offer date for for a, for a listing you have and you know there's not going to be any offers, right. you can either A, go all the way up to that offer date and hope to hell that somebody's going to come forward or B, you can a few days beforehand when you know this might not work out the way everybody hopes it will, let your clients know, listen, this is what might happen. I might, we might not get any offers on the offer date, but I'm going to tell you what the next steps are if that's the case. It's not the end of the world. This is what we'll do afterwards. Like people, like just think about it in your own experience. If you have somebody, a professional that's telling you, okay, this isn't going the way we want it to. However, this is what we're going to do if that actually happens. And just right. having that peace of mind is so important. So, and, and, and just, I know from my perspective, if I've given my client kind of like the worst case scenario ahead of time, I'm like, whatever, if, if offers come in, great. If not, then I covered my butt and we'll move yeah. on with, with uh, plan B. It's the story of my life. That's how I live. Yeah. Every client is you'd think I'm like a doomsday person with <laughs> every single yeah. client, but there's nowhere to go, but up once That's they know true. the worst, it's, yeah. you're either going to, you can pleasantly surprise them. Yeah. You'll well, every time. Come on now. Yeah paint a really bad picture and you'll always have to do your <laughs> Yeah, but you might not get any clients that way either. That is so true. It's got to be a balance, you know? That was a really <laughs> random voice change. <laughs> um, all right. One other one. Uh, very specific, but uh, ask the... Uh, so if you're showing a home, I think especially with rentals, but even with like in a really competitive market... Mm-hmm talking to the listing agent prior to showing the home to make sure that it's a still available and b there's no current offers on the property can be really helpful Mm -hmm. i don't know how many times i've walked into a house the client my client has fallen in love 
that we want to make an offer, give the agent a call. Oh yeah, that home sold yesterday. We're just waiting on the deposit. Or, oh yeah, we've got five other offers on the property. So if you want to make one, you've got to make it in the next half right. an hour. It's like, what the hell? Like, cause you can't expect people are going to do the same things as you and keep everybody informed. Cause that would be the, you know, common sense thing Logical. to do, yeah. but no, people don't do that. So, well, and, and also, which we've started doing, which I hate that it's something we even suggest to do because it's terrible, but sometimes getting ahead of the fact if you've got a difficult client who might not have the best on paper profile as a tenant, for mm. example, to ask the listing agent the question ahead of time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Of, Save listen, my client's got a credit score of 600. Yeah. Is, uh, like, is that something you'd look at if we're interested? And if they say, don't waste your time, right. don't waste your time. Exactly. Right? It's, it's, there's a lot of reasons in a really hot market, well, I guess in, in any market, there's a yeah. lot of reasons why you could just drive your client to a completely misguided excitement about something they have no chance of ever landing. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate because it makes you look unprofessional. Like when you've made that call and it's like, yeah, that home just sold last night. And your clients are like, what the hell? How did you not know that? And it's like, I don't know how I didn't know that. I should have been informed. And it's a fine balance too, because you don't want to bad mouth other people in our industry because it just makes our industry look like shit. There's a lot of great agents out there that do the right thing. But when something happens like this, it really just makes like, it just not only like, you don't want to pit yourself against the other person. Like you kind of have to like do this in order to avoid any problems or any negative connotations on the industry as a whole. Yeah. Well, that you, you, you can't assume that everybody looks at every deal the same way. I think every agent wants to get deals done, Mm -hmm. but people have different personalities, perspectives, and their clients do as well. Yeah. Right? You can run into two identical homes that have owners who look at them in completely different lights, depending on a number of different factors. So you've got to be respectful of what's being told to you, whether or not you agree with it. Um, But... The other thing that you have, or another thing you've got to be, which is the other side of something we've talked about already. We talked about asking a lot of questions. When you're being asked questions, or even when you're not asked the questions, Mm -hmm. you need to be honest. You need to be forthcoming. And the same way, let's say you've listed a home that you know has a couple of things that could be problems down the road. Whether or not the letter of the law says you must or don't need to disclose A, B, and C, if there's something you know about that is going to potentially pose a problem and you are thinking, well, if they never notice it, it's great and this will get the deal done, that's the kind of stuff you want to be forthcoming about. Yeah. If somebody asks you a question, don't be the person who says you don't need to know that or don't give a half-assed answer. Um, because giving the information is your job, but it also reinforces that you're a professional and can be trusted. And in this industry, whether it's in an individual transaction or in the future, you're only as good as your reputation and your reputation is fueled by the way that you behave and the things that you say while you're doing your job. Mm -hmm. So just do unto others. And that's that's kind of yeah. the message there. So it doesn't matter any advice we're giving. If it feels like it's on one side of the transaction, the reactionary part of that from the other side is just as important. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think also just having that open line of communication with 
the other side is as is important as well like yeah. if a deal is going south and you're not bringing the age other agent in on that information you never know what could what what you guys can work out together to make make maybe save the deal or at least just be on a mutual understanding about what the what the heck's going on because there's nothing worse than being blindsided by like a mutual release when you think everything's going fine and it's yeah. like oh yeah my my client didn't get financing it's like well like I've had I've worked with agents before where we've actually like found out other lenders that could potentially help yeah the client get their financing in order so you never know what might come of it so just keep keep that person informed um throughout the process well and that also ties to when something does start going downhill Mm -hmm. address it yeah right like there's people who something goes bad and it just becomes a pity party of oh this sucks i guess we're gonna have to find another place Maybe that's the case, but if something goes wrong, that's where you have another opportunity to shine mm-hmm. and address it and find solutions and figure out why it went wrong, whether you were aware of it or not, and start talking solutions and t- start talking options instead of sulking with your clients about how crappy things are mm. and blaming people and all that. You don't have to wear every problem if you didn't cause it. It's not about taking the blame and being the martyr it's about pushing forward and realizing there's still an objective you've got with your client which is either to sell or buy a home Mm -hmm. so focus on that even though like very rarely is any transaction completely five stars a plus beginning to end yeah right and our version of bad may be different from yours and that's fine yeah especially you know depending on what part of your career you're at when you do your first transaction any little thing is going to feel like potentially the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's okay if you're dealing with it. It's not okay if you look in the mirror and say, I'm not cut out for this, I give up. Right, yeah. Well, that's it. Like you... A lot of times in this in this career, you start looking at things and it's like, oh my gosh, like this is the end of the world. Like your stomach sinks, your heart like falls out of your chest and like, oh, no, visual. but like, but there's, but there's been times where that's happened to mm-hmm. me and I have to remind myself, am I going to be impacted by this a month, two months, a year from now? Cause I can think back like from, for both of our perspectives, yep. like things that were just like awful in the moment like just like oh my god like I feel horrible that this happened yeah um and then you know a few weeks later like I'm totally fine everything worked out you know it's all good but you're gonna have those moments you can't avoid them um so maybe try to remind yourself of that when you're in those moments because I find that's really helpful yeah to one thing we keep talking about in all of our episodes and in our brokerage is I don't think there's a better way to deal with adversity or problems than surrounding yourself with good people who can yeah. be sounding boards for you and help you. Yeah. We've got the luxury of being in an industry, in a brokerage where there's lots of people who have had lots of experiences and guaranteed whatever you're going through, someone else has gone through it. Yeah. So it doesn't mean go on to, you know, it it might mean put, post something in a forum or whatever, but it doesn't mean take the first piece of advice you hear, but it does mean there are other people out there who can shed some light on what you're dealing with. Absolutely. And whether it's your manager, whether it's your colleagues, whatever it is, other people in the industry, like use that. 
-hmm. especially if you've never seen it before. And then again, be willing to be someone who shares your experience with others as well. When you see or hear someone else dealing with a problem, or if you hear of somebody who's in a situation where you can smell a problem that might be brewing for them that they don't know, that's our job to just push the industry forward and to make the whole process better for everybody. Mm -hmm. Let's hold hands. (laughs) Yeah. And just, just remind yourself also that the things that you see on other realtors, social media are all the positive stuff. Most people are not going to go on their Instagram and be like, wow, I really fucked up today. Like my client is pissed, you know, but like (laughs) most, I'd say 99% of the people out there, have had something happen like that. They're just not going to advertise it, obviously, for obvious reasons. But I think a lot of times we like seek out, you know, like, oh, well, look at that successful person. They've never had anything bad happen to them. Yeah, they have. They just haven't announced it to the world. So um, you got to You got (laughs) to be around people, I think, that are humble enough to like say, yeah, that's happened to me before. Or yeah, I really messed up in this transaction. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that we've messed up in every transaction. I think we're starting but, to, but, but we have, we've but, messed up, not in everyone, but. And I'll say this much, total sidebar, but my most viewed Instagram reel to date mm-hmm. was me crying next to a floor I damaged while that's I was true. moving a piece of staging equipment so maybe we after closing. <laughs> maybe and I dropped the table and broke the hardwood floor yeah. the day before closing. And I was not ashamed to post a picture of me (laughs) crying and singing next to the broken floor. And people liked it. People liked to revel well, in my mi- misery. No, but they don't like <laughs> that's to revel. It. People, no, no, but people, that's can, not it. people, people like to see real. Exactly. And this is, that this is, is the shit that happens. Yeah. Yeah, we're selling real estate. Yeah, money's being made and all that. That happens. Uh, I, definitely our colleagues don't need to see that. I mean, I get it if you want people out there to know you're doing business. There's nothing wrong with advertising your successes. Yeah. But there's also nothing wrong with being real about what actually happens on the job. Yeah. Right? You're not telling the world, if I sell your place, I'm going to bust your floor. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because like you got to, it's a fine balance. Obviously, you want to keep things um, like private if if you've got clients that you're working with. You don't want to like reveal the contents of a deal or anything like that while mm-hmm. it's live. But you can definitely bring perspective to certain things and help people learn along the way as well, which is really important. So um, the only other thing I wanted to mention is like getting things in writing is super important as well. Um, and, and there's a balance there because I do believe that there's there's it's good to talk to the other agent on the phone sometimes, but when it comes to the important stuff, making sure that there's an agreement in writing, whether it's through an amendment or just like understanding, like, was there a death in this home? You know, like it's better to get that in writing than uh, over the phone, the agent saying, because then it'll be their word against yours if anything ever happens. Um, and, And it's important that those details are, are, into writing. <laughs> well, uh, and especially don't don't communicate things said on the phone to your clients before you know they're happening. Like, like what do you mean? So, if you are in a multiple offer situation and you're talking with an agent and they say, "Oh, yeah, 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 if you send over such and such, we'll have a deal." Mm. 
don't tell your client, if we send over such and such, Mm -hmm. we have a deal. You can tell them, I think we've got a good chance. Let's put this in writing. I've talked to the other agent and like, let's hope they sign it. Yeah. But to say something's done before it's done or to to go off of promises before something's in writing is a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. And it's hard not to say something because most of the time, if somebody says something, they'll stand by that something. Mm -hmm. But even giving agents the benefit of the doubt, a lot of times when things like that happen, we say, oh, that agent was sleazy. But sometimes their own client will say, you know what? I changed my mind. Yeah. They said they'll do it. Great. Get it in writing. Now let's talk to the other guy. Right. Right. So when you are representing things to your own clients, represent what you know as fact. Yeah. Don't represent what seems to be a most likely going to happen fact. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like a lot of times you'll get like the phone call. Yes, we've accepted your offer. Paperwork will be coming in the next 20 minutes. Right. Wait for the paperwork to come in. There's a reason we shit our pants when they say that and we don't have the paperwork. I know. I know. Because I've jumped to like calling my clients immediately because obviously you're excited but anything can happen, as you yeah. said. Like an offer can come in last second and then the whole thing gets ruined. Well, well how many times have you sat there staring at the screen mm. with the signatures mm. and there's like three signatures and the deal's done once it's signed, but you've got like a midnight irrevocable and it's 1145 yeah. and one of them signs and then one of them opens it but doesn't sign and they're not answering their phone <laughs> and you're like refreshing the screen and... You know deep down the deal's done, but it's not done because nothing's been signed yet. So, you know, pop bottles once things are done and, you know, it it is, I hate to say it, I don't know about you, but I do internalize when there's things that I'm worried about, sometimes my client doesn't need to know when I'm just worrying for the both of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when we say share worst case scenario and things like that all the time, Sometimes, you know, if there's just something like what we're talking about, where it seems the deal's done, but it's not done yet, don't keep calling your client saying, oh, I don't know about this. It's not done. It's mm-hmm. not done. It's not done. You've got you to hold to that stress. Yeah, yeah. Like the stress is going to lie with you because part of your job is also allowing your clients to have a good experience and not bring totally undue stress to them as well. Right. Um, but Again, it all it comes with intuition and feel and different situations merit different communication. You just need to be comfortable that what you are saying is what they should be hearing and what you know that they should hear is what you're saying mm-hmm. and vice versa. If there's stuff that is really only going to make a situation worse, there are situations where, okay, mm-hmm. wear that until yeah. you need to say something. Yeah, exactly. So that's all I have. Do you have any others? I'm good. I'm going to go make some mistakes on a listing now. <laughs> and then bring it to this podcast. Yeah, next next episode will be a summary of the mistakes we've made that's in the right. last year. Yeah, so feel free to share this episode with your colleagues if they want some, um, you know, reality checks on, on and, and just maybe feel better about themselves in a situation because we've all been there. Trust us. Um, and if you want to be a part of a brokerage that surrounds, like, is surrounded with really good people that are always sharing and, and offering their advice. And caring. And caring. Um, reach out to us. We're in the GTA, on the Block Realty, getontheblock.com. Come talk to us. We'd love to chat and see if maybe we would be a good fit for you. And that is all. I concur. All right. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Level up. Level up.